back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Whatnots Review Show, uh, where we have where we cover all sorts of different stories, styles, genres, mediums. Uh, could be a comic book, could be a movie, all sorts of stuff. Um, this week we are covering Knives Out, the mystery film from 2019, I believe is what. Yes, yes. 2019, yeah, yes. written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to, to talk about this one, so we will get into it in just a bit he- here. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Yep. Melissa, how are you? I'm okay. I've been on the hunt for a coffee maker. That's been my escapade this weekend. Okay. Do you have, like, certain... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I, I, I don't even mm. know how coffee makers work exactly <laughs> but are you looking for certain features style like w- what is your There's criteria one. there is one coffee maker in particular that keeps circling okay. in and out of stock okay it's so i have a hot coffee maker and this is a iced coffee maker like it brews like it's specifically designed to brew coffee that will be iced and like you know you'll put the ice in the cup and put the cup under the spout but you know so the that does half the work for you but like it brews the coffee to be cooled and iced coffee is mostly how i drink it so i would love to have this instead of having like a french press of cold coffee sitting in my fridge all the time taking up space like oh i can just make one whenever i want it and this machine it's like you can get it at target it's a target exclusive i think i haven't seen it anywhere else that might be the problem and it seems, and it's very well priced. It's like less than thirty bucks. It's a oh, compact yeah, little machine. It's good. It comes in several beautiful colors. So I understand it being a hot ticket item. People want this. You just make your iced coffee at home. You have to take multiple trips out. I can't get the thing in stock. Like it's in and out. Like I've got it set up for to notify me on like every color that they have individually. Oh man! And it'll say, "Hey, your item's back in stock," and I'll go there, and it's like, "Oh, we don't have that." Like it's man, selling out in seconds. I think that's what it's been like to get the PlayStation Five or the new <laughs> Xbox, which right. came this out is, this week. This Ugh. this happens for like merchandise this happens for like hot sneakers this doesn't happen for a mr coffee machine (laughs) that's funny uh well sounds like your week has been eventful or at least your weekend has been eventful uh, it's just you know it's just me fiddling around on the target app yeah (laughs) yeah i'm i'm still waiting i i have the target app on my phone for my playstation 5 which should get here on monday but uh not at last i ch- checked it was in west virginia let's see where it's at that's now. almost yeah, the virginia, virginia where you live i mean east it just virginia. has to get to virginia prime yeah virginia P- prime that's a good one my weekend virginia has been original good. recipe good uh i finished up that third gundam movie the zeta gundam yeah movie. i've gotten back to my gundam watching stuff uh yeah that's been good it's been fun um about to start the next show in in that i don't have mm-hmm. much else that's going on right now so that's it that's what yeah. i've been up to too mm. but let's get into knives out yeah knives out is good 
Um, yeah, so Knives Out, this was one when it came out in theaters. I remember it because this was the next movie that Ryan Johnson made after he made his Star Wars movie. Yes. Uh, which now I completely forget the name of. The and Last like Jedi. One of those dumb k- kids. Yes, The Last Jedi. Um, I, I, I didn't like that film. I, I didn't think it was all very good. I, I don't think it's as bad as everyone is saying it is, but, mm. oh, man, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I, I don't know. There's certain things that are really neat, but then there's certain things that are just like, Why? And so <laughs> this was an interesting one to see come out. This was – it it caught my attention because it was like a crime mystery movie thing, yeah. right? And I was like, I like those. Maybe I'll like yes. this, you know? Uh, but, yeah, but then that, like, sour taste of Star Wars was just like, <laughs> well, I can wait. I'm not going to go see it. But then everyone who went and saw it was like, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's great. Go see it right now. And I was just like, oh, man, I I think I missed out. <laughs> like, I, 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 I think I missed out on something I would have enjoyed. This is not cool. I don't like this feeling. Yeah. Uh, and so here we are. I finally pitched it this week and you picked it. You had already seen this. Yeah, I went to see this in theaters last year and I did leave thinking Kyle would really like this. <laughs> yep, there it is. There it is. I missed out. Um but yeah, so what what made you want to pick this this one this week? Uh, to this make... like, man, Kyle would really like this and yeah. here he is finally p- pitching it. <laughs> It is to make you watch it. And also, this is a murder mystery film. But Mm -hmm. even beyond that basic conceit, it has a lot of surprises in it. And I really wanted to watch this movie again, knowing how it was going to wrap up. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's kind of neat to go back and do that, especially with mystery movies and and stuff like that where it's like okay now i know all the clues i'm supposed to be looking for (laughs) let me go back and like oh now i see there was that one scene where this happened and oh my gosh how did i not see that you know so Mm -hmm. and even beyond clues this is a movie that really plays against your expectations its structure is really interesting the protagonist is not who you think the protagonist is going to be. The narrative is not mm-hmm. what you think it is going to be. So, yeah, yeah. just uh, structurally, I wanted to watch that set up and pay off again. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, now that I have seen this movie, I did mm. en- enjoy it a lot. I, I, th- yeah. I thought it was a good little solid mystery film. It was a lot of fun. Um I, I I don't know if I I liked it as much as everyone did when they saw it in the theaters, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Pretty much have good things to say, you know, all around. All around. So uh, I'm I'm excited to dive in with this. But yeah, you mentioned that the main character is not who you think it is. The whole thing kind mm. of plays with your expectations of mystery films and stuff or if you're a big like mystery novel agatha christie uh you you know fan then 
it kind of plays with your expectations and is still a solid one of those that makes yes. sense you know like it, it, it's not like they're subverting it so much that that, that it's something yeah. new entirely it's still this like yes man i i love good mystery novels let's make a good mystery novel thing here, yeah you know? it is a loving homage to that whole genre yeah. and when it is subversive it isn't subversive in a uh, a pretentious or a cynical way yeah yeah indeed uh so yeah, uh, just uh, further general thoughts. It's a star-studded cast. Uh, we mm -hmm. have, uh, I should pull up the Wikipedia page with all the names and stuff like that. We got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans. Uh, we have Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, we have, uh, we have Frank Oz, Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> with a voice cameo. Just uh, like in The Last Jedi. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 there's so many p p p people in this film that uh, that you will recognize. The the Keith Stanfield, who I I love, he's a great actor. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the, like it's just it's it's fun to see them all kind of playing. It it's 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 not meant to be a a wacky movie, but, yeah. but it has a certain like almost sense of humor to the film that is kind mm -hmm. of wacky and it's fun to just yeah. see them play in in that space um yeah it's not it's good... as yeah it's not as broad as clue but you can tell mm -hmm. like the clue dna is in this film absolutely absolutely uh so let's do a synopsis of the film for those of you all who might not have seen it yet mm -hmm. uh, and want to know a little bit more about it. Melissa, since you've seen it twice, do, do you want to give the synopsis for this one? Sure. Uh, a famed best-selling mystery author uh, commits suicide the night of his 85th birthday party. So all of his family's in town, all his kids, all his grandkids, and the police come by and investigate this to make sure it really is a suicide. And somebody has hired Benoit Blanc, the last of the gentleman detectives who's wandering around there. And he's like, I don't think this case is as clear as you think it is. I think you there's foul play. I think he was murdered. I think this was set up to look like a suicide. So they're yeah. solving the mystery. And there's also the big issue hanging over everybody's heads of the will. Because all the kids... The grandkids are kind of, uh, he's truly spoiled them. He's paid for like everything in their lives. They all live off the back of his success and they're all just waiting to see how much money are they getting out of this will. And then yeah. amidst all of this, there's uh, Harlan Thrombey's nurse and Marta. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she comes from a humble background. You know, she has no interest in any of the money or the fame or anything. She, her and Harlan became best of friends in his later years, and she's just trying to survive this entire ordeal of being surrounded by this vulture family. Yeah, this, like, grieving, vulturous family. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend going to check it out. I know at the time of recording, it is on Amazon Prime. Uh, so you guys can go watch it there if you have that. Uh, but yeah, 
go 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 ch check it out it's 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 a good good film it's lots of fun i i enjoyed it for sure mm-hmm there you go. I don't think I have any other like non-spoilery thoughts because it is a mystery. You, you know, it is. Yeah. I will say it's a visual treat. Plot stuff. Then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tech. Technically, this it movie is very too. well made. Great shots, beautiful sets, and costumes, and good music choices. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, well, let's get into housekeeping, and then we will get into our spoiler section after that. If, mm. if you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. You guys can find out more information on our website, which is thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. You guys can just type in The Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. We have a $3 tier where you guys can get all sorts of exclusive content uh, we recently put up a, an ex a Patreon-exclusive episode of Crossplay, uh, which is our video game podcast. And Melissa, you joined us on that because we were yeah. talking about video games, urban legends, and conspiracy theories and stuff like that. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. You guys should go check that out. That was also the first time that we had all of the whatnots Karu, all five of us, uh, on on camera at the same time. Uh, so that is something special indeed. Oh, go ch check it out. That's at the $3 tier on our Patreon. Uh, and we would also like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you, Sam, so much for helping us out. It means a lot. We love you t t tons. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Love you. Mm-hmm. Okay, spoilers are about to c c c c c commence. We've done our housekeeping. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. There we go. Oh, there you go. It worked. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Spoiler t territory. Here we are. Um. Where Where do I want to start with this? I don't know. I I. So yeah. Let's 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 start with the the whole main character thing. Of like it's not yeah. who you think it would be when when you went to go see this in theaters. Who did you think the main character was going to be? From the trailers, what I remember is that it looked like Daniel Craig Benoit Blanc is the main character as the detective trying to solve this mystery, sure. and it seemed like it was going to spend a lot more time like in the mansion, talking with everybody, spending more time with all the thromby kids. Sure kind of like a clue you know the meat of the thing is the investigation and the interviews and if there's you know little uh mishaps that happen around the mansion somebody tries to hide something something goes wrong stuff like that right and instead it turns out that they, there are interviews or things like that but that's like a 20 30 minute chunk at the beginning of the movie like the movie starts pretty much you know uh, harlan thromby's already dead we see all the interviews you see and like daniel craig's just like sitting in the background while like the police are doing all these investigations and eventually and he doesn't talk and you get a couple of these interviews in before somebody's like 
who's that guy? Who's, who's that silent <laughs> yeah. man just sitting behind you? Like, What's his he's, deal? He's sitting there, and like when things start to get a little bit off track or yeah. something, he just hits the piano that's right next, yeah. next to him. Just this w- yeah. weird, like, hey, get, you know, get, get <laughs> back to the good stuff. And yeah, and it, yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, it just, it all kind of starts to not climax, but kind of coalesce in, in, into this, just like, who is this guy? Like, what is he right. even doing here? Like, <laughs> he's not a, because he's, he's not a police officer. No. He's a private investigator that mm. is officially consulting. So it yes. is, yeah, just like, who is this guy? Like, he hasn't introduced himself. So he's just sitting there in the back, he, he, yeah. you know? So you were thinking, oh, I thought that was the protagonist. It seems like he might not be, because I think the first person you are introduced to probably is Marta, and Marta is the protagonist of the film. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw her in trailers, but she was not focused on. Yeah. Like the trailers focused on detective and family, and it didn't introduce this private nurse character into the narrative that much into what it was setting up in the trailers. So to find out that she's the main character, everything hinges on her. We're seeing everything through her eyes. And Benoit Blanc is... He's just sort of an audience member just like us. Like, like he just wandered into this movie to watch everything and try and figure yeah. it out alongside us. He's it, He has this question which helps yeah. him solve the mystery. But he got h- hired by someone. Not like yeah. He was not invited there by the cops to be like, hey, we mm-hmm. can't figure it out. I don't know. Uh, like he, he just shows up. He's like, someone hired me. I want to know who. Yeah. It was just an envelope of cash and a newspaper color thing. So I just showed up here. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, I was free this weekend. Yeah, and so and so like that is like that almost seems to serve as his like motivating factor. It's mm. like who hired me? Like what? What? Why? <laughs> you know? Um. And and so yeah, he ends up like not being like the he ends up being one of the protagonists slash antagonists at the same time. Like he goes yeah. back and forth there. Uh, but he is one of the more prominent characters. But yeah, he's not the main character, and it ends up being the nurse, the 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 mm. caretaker, um, which yeah is something you don't typically see in a crime film. Like one of yeah. the potential suspects, right, is not is usually not the main character. It's usually the mm. detective or the whoever is leading the investigation and stuff like that. So that was a, a nice, just like, oh, okay, here, you know, a, a new yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's see. Uh, the nurse, her name was Marta. She is mm. played by Anna de Armas. Uh, I I thought she did good. I I thought she was yeah. a delight to to watch because yeah, she is just like this normal person. Yeah, right. Yes. She was just like stuck in the middle of all of it, like this eccentric rich family, these weird detectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and she's just like, I look, I don't want to like, I I'm so sorry for your lo- loss. It's affecting yeah. me too. Because I now no longer have a job, but like, like, yeah. like, still, like, I, 
I don't really want to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, just stuck here she, for now. Yeah, like she's she was very close with Harlan, and uh, some of the family members were kind to her. Uh, the uh -huh. granddaughter Meg seems like she really made an effort to be friends with Marta. Some people are, are nicer to her than others, and like she she wishes them well. You know, she wants them to get over whatever problems they have in life. She advises Harlan and how he could have, uh, you know done better at talking to uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Like, hey, I think you're kind of distant to your daughter. Maybe you should try being a little bit more open with her. Like, Marta has been trying to, like, coach him into being a better uh, patriarch of this family. It's like she has sympathy to them. But, yeah, they <laughs> she that's not her family. Harlan was mm -hmm. family to her, but his entire extended family to her, not so much. Yeah. And one of the kind of main details about Marta is that she's an immigrant and it looks like she is in the country illegally I guess that was a little bit unclear if it was her that was in there illegally or it was only her mother Ah, yeah I'm not sure it might be it might might have been that she was fine but it was her mother that was yeah because I think they do talk about how if Marta is brought in they'll find out her mom but they don't talk about how that would add to her case or if there's any case against her sister yeah yeah um yeah so that is kind of in in the back of her mind that that's what she's thinking of of like oh now there's this murder investigation they're gonna look into me because i'm the nurse and but you know like she's thinking about that in the back of her mind of just like what am i gonna do now um and so yeah she's hoping to stay out of the whole whole thing but that that detail kind of ends up permeating the whole film of mm -hmm. the theme of the the film i'm I'm sure you can find an, an analysis out out there of of like what does knives out say about about immigration or mm -hmm. uh you know white privilege in society or something like that there are themes of that and i think this film is trying to say certain things in with mm. that but i i don't know if that's the strength of of this film i i i, I don't feel like yeah. it, it, like it's it's there if you want it you can kind of look into it but that's not really yeah it. there there is a level of social satire with all of these family members and their yeah. relationship to Marta and how she gets by in their world. But yeah, I think the how it plays with the murder mystery genre is the more interesting thing to me. Right. I like what how it relates to other art as opposed to how it relates to real world things. That yeah. hits for me a little bit more. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on that like satire stuff is yeah, the the, the family has a lot of people in it right it's a big old family mm. uh and yeah that like like you said with the the the, the satire thing like each family member kind of represents a different entitled white person <laughs> right like they mm -hmm. the, each each one is not necessarily the like um the trust fund i mean they, they all have money in their own way but it's all slightly different ways yeah. 
there. So yeah, it's like here's one that like inherited the business and now runs the business. Here's one that started their own business, but it's also still basically run by the parents' money. Here's mm. one that's basically just getting the money and is not really doing much with it except sending their kids to college, right? Mm. So here, you know, here's uh, yeah, and then the k- k- kids, you, there's one who's a, like an alt-right d- 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 dirtbag, and there's one who's a SJW, you know, like, it's just this, like, there's one of each of them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's interesting to see in that way, and then by the end of this film, see them all just get, like, well, you're shit out of luck sorry like you don't you don't <laughs> mm. get the money you don't get the house you don't get like all of that stuff you know um so yeah that that was kind of fun tessie but but yeah it's it's not the main focus of of the film i i think it's nice that it's at least in there because it makes it feel like it's a little bit more than just a mystery right mm-hmm. like it's it's actually saying something but but yeah it, it, it is more about the mystery yeah. So. Yeah, and the uh so we get to the will reading earlier on in the film that I think a murder mystery would typically put it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. nor yeah. you know the whole I'm standing at the fireplace and I'm like the murderer is in this room. Like that thing is kind of pulled apart from the will reading whereas I feel like that's like a scene that would classically be conjoined together. Yeah, And in the will reading, you find out that Harlan left everything to Marta. It is all hers. The family yeah. does not get anything. And that's the conflict you're left with. That's where the movie ends. It's with her deciding. Right, yeah. Am I going to pass any of this down to this family? Or am I going to keep it all for myself like in Harlan's wishes? Yes, this family is all very troubled, problematic people largely. But... Right. Are they so bad that they don't get any of this? This is their family's money. This is something they've been uh, counting on. But also, like, they were not bad to Harlan. They were all vulturistic, but, like, they all showed up for his birthday party. They were all happy to see him. They were all loving and caretaking of him in some degree. Is that not worth something? Is that worth more than what he had already given them? Like, it's... Uh, Mart is in a position where she uh, private judgments of these people aside, she's holding their entire <laughs> life way of life. Right. Like she's holding their entire futures in her hand. And it's the question of, are you so bad that I have to turn my back on you completely? Like what, how, how deep does this go? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because at the end of the film like that last scene yeah. is her like up on the balcony of the of the house with a coffee mug um which i, I think says something like it's my ha- house yeah or, like or, or, my or house something. my coffee my rules and it was right, harlan's yeah. coffee mug yeah uh which is it, it, maybe hints at what she's going to end up doing but she is looking down at the situation and you you can kind of t- tell she hasn't made up her mind yet where she, yeah. she still is just like i'm going to think about it and take my time yeah yeah you know? and after the ordeal that this family went through there's also the question of uh 
could these people be taught a lesson? You know, are any yeah. of them so far gone that they couldn't come back to being a more kindly, humble, well-rounded person? Have the experiences they've been through uh, taken steps towards that after they found out, oh, I wasn't getting all that money I was counting on. Dad gave it to his nurse because his nurse was a good, solid, thoroughly loving person. Right, yeah. How does that make any of them think about themselves after it's been settled? Like, no, there is no legal way out of this. Like, we can't break the will. Like, the money goes to her. Like, she's keeping the money. What she does with it is then up to her. Like, can they be taught a lesson? How much of this lesson have they been taught already by having that rug pulled out from under them? Indeed. Did you have a favorite family member? (laughs) oh Uh, like it's a lot of actors who i really enjoy i love ricky lindholm whenever she pops up in something she's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. little bit part character actresses which which one was she was she um she's uh michael shannon's wife that the blonde woman with like the real preppy sweaters yeah Okay. I just like okay. seeing her. I think it might my favorite kid might have been Michael Shannon. I think he was interesting. Shannon as Walt. Walt Rombie. Yeah, yeah. And he is in charge of the publishing company. And he's been trying and he just He's the one with the cane, right? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. there's yeah. a little detail. They don't say anything about it, but like he's had a leg injury. Like he's he's walking around in a cast for the entire movie. So there's a whole yeah. story with him that started long ago that we don't see the beginning of. He just has a, a cane and a cast for some reason. Yeah. yeah, he just takes his father's words and publishes them and he wants to adapt. You know, he wants to make these into uh, movies and TV series and or plays or something like that. Escape rooms. Who knows what he wants to do? And Harlem is like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I write the novels. They stay as novels. And then, you know, he says at one point, maybe I should have encouraged Walt to write his own stories instead of just being the caretaker of mine. Because that is, he can see like kind of what Walt wants to do. He's like, if he's in charge of an adaptation He's got more of his own creative freedom instead of just stewarding somebody else's work through the business world. That makes sense. Yeah, I think I think that I was an interesting go... conflict. No, that's that's it. I think I have to go with Chris Evans's yeah. character because uh, he's 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 just the most just gleeful and happy most <laughs> of the film. Like he he gets there and he's just like and eat shit you eat shit you definitely yep. eat shit like I hate all of you this is great uh, and yeah he he just like when he is there for the will writing and he hears that it's all going to Marta he's just the happiest like ah, this is great like all my dipshit yeah. family they get nothing <laughs> yeah because he knew. So happy. <laughs> Because he knew he was already written out of the will after talk, arguing with his grandpa about it. So to then find out, uh, or at least appears that he's finding out in the moment, oh, nobody else is getting the money? This is a delight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This doesn't change uh, my situation any. And he, yeah, because like when, when you first see him, he does kind of give off like a douchebag kind of vibe, mm. just like rich kid who always had it made, didn't have to do a thing for himself hasn't made anything of himself like i, I did yeah they mention like what he does like what his job I is 
Playboy, I, I guess. And he's yeah. I I think Chris Evans Playboy. Very well cast in this movie. It's a great performance. It's fun to see really him is. be this it's kind of sleazy villain. But also he's like a little bit older than that character may be in other stories. The, the like ne'er do well, ne- never made anything out of his life, layabout playboy. Chris Evans is like what thirty eight, and I feel like the, that yeah. character you typically don't see that character at that age. They're like a little younger. So the fact that they cast him at however old he is, it's like oh, you've really not made anything of yourself in a long time. <laughs> this has been going <laughs> yeah. on for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he's, he's just a delight to see on screen because he's mm. a- 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 also one of the characters that I feel like doesn't fit in. Like he's yeah. basically the baby of the family and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and he, yeah, he's just, he's so different from everyone else because he mm. just doesn't care. Like he wants nothing yeah. to do with the mystery novels, nothing to do with the publishing, nothing to do with the businesses that they, 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 they have. He just... He wants to do his own thing, but he doesn't even know what his own thing is. Like he's like he's yeah. he's just off doing God knows what. Um but then he just loves to see his family suffer. And then yeah, by mm. the end of the, the film we learn that he is in fact the the murderer. Uh, yeah. He is the, the, he is the perpetrator. So yeah, no. we haven't even talked about the murder itself yet, which is yeah. twists back on itself a lot. Yeah, so I I say we dive into that because it's it's an interesting analogy that they use. I think is also one of the funnier moments in the film. She's like, mm-hmm. it's like a donut with a hole in the middle, <laughs> and then there's with the a hole inside the donut. middle. <laughs> yeah, with 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 another smaller hole donut. <laughs> So Marta is giving Harlan his nightly medication. She gives him this pain medicine for an injury he has. And then she gives him like a little bit of morphine to help him sleep. And we see her do this and we see that she switches the bottles by mistake. And she's like, I gave you too much morphine. You're going to die in 10 minutes. And he's just like, oh, really? Fascinating. Wow. It would always, and he's like taking notes for just in case he lives, that then he can write this into a murder novel. Yeah. And he's like, and they live in this big, beautiful mansion out in the countryside. And he's like, uh, an ambulance will not get here in time. I, I, I'm dead. I'm a goner. I accept that. That's okay. Now I need to do everything possible to make sure no uh, legal ramifications come to you as the perpetrator of my death by mixing up yeah. my medication which so all of that is, this... is is actually the first like t- 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 twist yes that yes because again we we at first think it's a suicide with foul play yeah but we don't know yeah. exactly how that happened uh mm. and then, yeah we see this like mixed medicine thing but yeah. then their whole thing is okay we need to stage this to make it look like yes. you had nothing to do with this um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's when he commits suicide, and and like slits his own throat and 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 stuff, which is oh, okay, goodness, you know, yeah, um, very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Not, and not like she has to do stabbing this stabbing or something, but 
She has to do this whole series of things where she has to like very obviously leave. Like, boy, I can't believe it's already midnight. Time to go home. She she walks out the door. She has to like drive her car away and then park it just outside the range of the security cameras. Then walk back up to the house through the side gate and crawl up the trellis to the house. Which, and then get inside and put on like his robe <laughs> and then go downstairs pretending to be him. And then Michael Shannon's going to see her through a frosted glass door and think it's just Harlan and then yell at his dad to go back to bed, which they were counting on. Then he's just going to yell at him like, dad, go to bed. And then she sneaks think back upstairs this. and they're like, oh, yeah. Think about this. They had that planned to a T. How much of that? Did he already have in his mind of like, hey, if I die some somehow, so if I get <laughs> murdered somehow, it, we're we're like, I I have plan A through Z, right? And I yes. just like pick pick the one that will work the best. He's like, all right, uh, E, use plan E. All right, so that means you need <laughs> to go leave and say it's midnight, blah blah blah, and then go out past this thing and then come back in the side gate, and he's just like. How, how do you think of that that fast if you don't have it already planned out? I'm just like, I, I guess he's a murder <laughs> mystery novel writer. I get, yeah. guess he had it planned, but like that's not that that's not a detail they mentioned that he actually has it planned out. It's just one of those things of like, this is ridiculous. How? How? <laughs> I, how, I how think it's does just, he have all, all of that stuff? This is the mind of a man who has written like 25 best-selling murder novels. And you can see there's right, like, yeah. the, you know, like the state trooper is there as part of the investigation. And he's he loves these novels. He's like, the one where the cow has the shotgun? Like, how do you even think about that? So I think that helps <laughs> us set up like, this is how this man's brain has always worked. <laughs> Maybe he can come up with this in ten minutes before he dies. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun to watch because that's that's also usually not something that you get mm. uh, of uh, like the the person that's being murdered figuring out how to do all of that stuff for someone else, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it like it's it's usually the murderer that just like hopes to do things in the right <laughs> sequence of events and just like oh i hope this works yes um yeah and uh, yeah it's just it's it's fun it's ridiculous it's kind of wacky but it's like it is or it is not at the same like it's not so w w w wacky that you yeah. like like oh my god what the hell you know but it's still just like mm -hmm. this is wild like how, how did yeah. they think of that <laughs> yeah like the whole movie operates on this heightened sense of reality where everybody's just like a human being turned up to 11 and you know like all these uh, all the mm. family members are these kind of broad caricatures but it's still it never breaks that uh sense of disbelief like you never don't buy what the movie is giving you you never feel right. like it has left the realm of the genre it's in and is now this sort of fantasy comedy yeah and the way um, this is structured is that we see, uh, I think the first scene in the movie, it's like we're, we're seeing Marta being sad or something like that. Or I think maybe we see like the um, the housekeeper friend like go and take the coffee up to Harlan and then she sees that he's dead. Uh, and like you see the, the, uh, the detectives, they're conducting all these interviews, they go through the family members and they get to Marta. 
And then when Benoit Blanc's trying to talk to Marta about, now what really happened that night? Then you see her whole flashback, and that's when you find out this is exactly how he died, and she was the perpetrator of it, and that's why, you know, beyond just grieving for a friend, she's, like, very nervous. Yeah, and that is also where it introduces another character tick of Marta, is that she cannot lie. Well, she yes. she, she can, but it makes her so, like, sick and un- uneasy that she vomits uh, yeah, she she is literally sickened at the thought of lying. Yeah, she's just like the most pure, good p- p- person. Yes. I just want to help. I'm a nurse. I help p- p- people. I like it. It physically pains me to like lie and do a, a, a harm to people. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. Yeah, so she's struggling, like trying to maintain this uh, this thing of like telling the truth, but not really mm. telling the truth, like not telling all of the truth. Yes, and stuff like. Well, I did leave. It was midnight. I did, yeah. you know, do all of that. I stuff. drove yeah. my car away. Yeah, yeah. like just <laughs> telling fragments that are true and that can piece together into an innocent story for the investigators. Yeah, I, we talked. About, like the bad characters of the film are like bad in a little bit of a cartoony way. You're right. This Marta's clinical inability to lie is like good in an almost cartoony way. Like this movie does do really improbable things. But like I said, it plays it very well into where nothing breaks what the film is trying to do. It only enhances it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I also want to mention here, I think after that first interview mm-hmm. with Martha, we do, I, I I don't know if she, no, she doesn't notice it, but the film shows us that she has a drop of blood on her shoe. Um, yeah. I, I think it's right after that first interview. Mm. Um, yeah, and that ends up kind of being one of the clues that uh, Benoit Belonk realized that, hey, she has something to do with this. Yeah. She's not necessarily telling the whole truth, but he can also see that, like, lying makes her, like, she's not a bad person. Like, if she did that, like, this was a complete accident. Like, you know. Uh, so he he that's another one of the things that helps him figure it out um, and and stuff like that. But that's also not the end of the mystery like that. That's just the yeah. first twist of like, oh, well, Martha switched the medicines on accident and and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, then things keep going and things start not adding up and there's some weird hints that like huh so you, you, you know there's a, 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 a other things that happened that we haven't really looked into yet um like they have the <laughs> like their their grandma is i think also Nana! one of the best characters yeah Nana uh, is the best uh she is great and yeah in in the scene after um marta had gone back into the house to like fake mm being the the father with the bathroom on and stuff she climbs back out the window and down the lattice and like is right in 
front of one of these windows and Nana sees her. But she's really old. In fact, they don't know exactly how old she is. Because <laughs> uh, she must be 130-something. Uh, like... Right. If Harlan just turned 85, yeah, she has to be uh, above 100. And she's this tiny, wrinkled old thing. She's wearing like six coats. She barely she's these speaks. giant glasses. Yeah. She's eating everything. I, I was texting Jack, and I'm like, she reminds me of Baby Yoda. And that she's just sort of <laughs> yeah. like small and all bundled up and just gobbling up all the stuff and just sort of looking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love her. That's exactly it. But yeah, so she uh, gets spotted by Nana, but Nana thinks that it's Ransom, which is Chris mm. e e e Evans' character. She's like, oh, you're back again. How? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, that's our like one of the first hints that it's like, huh, something's mm -hmm. up. Uh, but then there's the whole thing with like the dogs barking at 3 a.m. Yeah. Like we don't know what that's about at at first. Like there's still some stuff that's like, huh, what's going on here? There's some 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 intrigue and mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I guess the next big thing though is kind of the will reading. Yes, is that right? Yeah, that's when they read. The will that's when they find out that all of it is going to marta the family but she also did not know yeah. <laughs> she, like before the will is read i think it is um meg and joni that go up to her they're like hey marta we know you were really who are the family members who are the nicest to her mm -hmm. and they're like marta like we know dad absolutely relied on you he viewed you as part of the family we, we want to view you as part of the family as well like uh, and it's a plot point mentioned that Marta was directly hired by Harlan. She does right. not work like through a service that he hired. You know, she does not have other employment to go to now that her patient is dead because she worked directly for him. Right. Yeah. They're like we are we want to take care of you because they presume they're getting money and they don't imagine that Harlan would have written Marta into the will. So then like everybody. Everybody's shocked when they read the will and it turns into this disaster. Like everybody's screaming. They turn around, they start blaming Marta. They think this was like a con, you know, that she was sleeping with Harlan. She convinced him to give yeah. <laughs> give her all the money. They like chase her out of the house. She gets in her car. She can't get her car to start. They're banging on the windows. It's a nightmare. And then Ransom's like, get in my car, get in my car. And like, you know, I don't think they've spoken to each other, but she's like, if I get in his car, I'm away from all this. So she hops in there and escapes. Yeah, and they they, they have I think also one of the funnier the funnier mm. moments in the will reading mm. where after they initially erupt, they're like, "Everybody out, cops, get out of our house, Marta, out of yes. our house." And then they're like, "Wait a minute!" And then they look back at the guy the guy who's writing the will, and he's like, "And I leave the house to Marta." <laughs> And they're just like, Damn it, it, great. <laughs> there's also a scene later where it's like that night and you can tell they've kept poor frank oz the will reader there yeah. all night grilling him and his like assistant who's with him is just like asleep in the background just like leaning against a throw pillow it's been so long <laughs> Just to like, well, can what if like he was in, insane or he was sick or well, you know what legal standing do we we ha we have? And they finally are, mm. are are just like, 
you're useless. He's like, well, my job here is done. <laughs> right. Like, he doesn't know anything. Like, he's just there to read the papers. I love how much of this movie's storytelling <laughs> is visual like that. Like, you right, see, yeah. oh, it's night. The fireplace is going. The assistant is, like, sleeping on a couch out. in the corner. One of my favorite bits is that uh, all of Marta's pants are too short. So you can, which you can infer, oh, her family really does not have a lot of money. She's probably right. wearing the same pants she bought in high school because she can't pay to replace them. Are they too short or are they like cap cap capri? No, they're not capri length. They are just too short. Interesting. That is not a detail I even looked I at. I could not stop looking at it. Because that's I, like I'm something. Here like, Pants are too short. Where did you? No, because it's something I remember from like when you're a little kid and like you're growing faster than like your mom can get you new clothes and your yeah. pants come up too short. It's so it's mortifying. Like that's like a pain I remember. So I notice oh, when okay. I see it happening to other people. Yeah, her <laughs> pants are just like not short enough to be capris, but you can see the top of her socks, and it's real awkward looking. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Good. Good catch. On that. Mm -hmm. But uh yeah. I so. also like <laughs> I also want to mention uh this is a great movie for sweaters. Yes, lots and of sweaters. Chris Evans is wearing the, the hugest, most baggy sweater to hide the fact that he is literally superhumanly buff. <laughs> like he's so buff they would have had to stop and talk about it. Yeah. It's that noticeable. So instead they're like, what is the most cable knit sweater we like, can let's, find? Let's get you a 3XL sweater. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that way no one will know. Um mm. Yeah, it, it it's good. So they they go off. Uh, Marta and Ransom, which is an interesting name to be called in a mystery novel right. movie. Right, thing. and there's this great detail that is that's his middle name. His first name is Hugh, and he says, and like because he's a pretentious dick, he's like, I make the help call me Hugh. You yeah. know, my family all calls me Ransom, and later in the movie. Uh, the housekeeper points at Marta and says, Hugh did this. And she's like, you did this. I did this. She knows it was me. And then later it's revealed, oh, she was pointing the finger at Ransom the whole time. Hugh did this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Great. Love it. There's a story about this movie. Do you remember last year we were recording our episode about Gremlins? Mm -hmm. Gremlins 1 and 2. And there's a... That? I, was excited that there was a scene in Gremlins 2 where they go to a Canadian steakhouse and quietly playing in the background is a Gordon Lightfoot song, Canadian yes, singer-songwriter I... treasure Gordon Lightfoot. And I'm like, oh, man, I've never picked up on that before. I love Gordon Lightfoot. Cool. That day we recorded that episode, like an hour after we were done recording, I go to the movie theater. I see this movie. There's a scene where two characters in a restaurant and it starts playing a Gordon Lightfoot song. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he was meant to be <laughs> right right i feel like gordon lightfoot is my guardian angel watching over me he's light of feet because he has wings yeah yeah it, it, it's like if you see a movie in there with a song by 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 him you know like oh this is gonna be a good movie <laughs> <laughs> this is a melissa movie <laughs> right <laughs> So I loved when he showed up in that one episode of Mr. Robot this year. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so they're they they go to this restaurant and mm. he gets Marta to kind of spill the beans of like, okay, what happened? Like, I know you weren't supposed to get this. Why are you getting all of this? And he's just like, just fill me in. And she has just literally eaten beans. They talk about how that's what was on her plate. It was like a beans and sausage plate that she's eating. And he he's like, if you lie to me, you're going to have to throw all of that up. So he's making her spill the beans under threat of spilling beans. <laughs> yeah. And and he like he also knows her like if she lies she vomits thing so she he yes he, yes he very smoothly asks the asks the waiter for a second bowl mm-hmm. and at first you don't think anything of it but then yeah when he's like you just ate all of these like beans now tell me the truth and he pulls away the the plate and hands her the bowl and just like oh god damn it he's good he's he knows exactly what he's doing Um, and you imagine that would not have gotten far before the other people in the restaurant were like what why are you just making why is she just vomiting in a bowl at the table like ma'am do you need to leave and they're just like no we're good good. the restaurant would not let this keep happening beyond the first time yeah yeah so she spills it, uh, and mm. and yeah, she she lets him in on the the whole thing of 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 just like yeah, I accidentally switched the medicines. I'm trying to, uh, to you know, not be caught by the police because my mother mm. is an illegal immigrant, and yeah, she she says the whole nine yards, and uh. I, I guess in the back of Chris e- e- Evans' mind, that's when he realizes, like, I'm having more problems than I thought. Because he yep. is the one that c- kind of perpetrated the whole thing. Um, yeah. So how how does he do this exactly again? Because he, he switched the medicines, yes. too. So he knew. Harlan told him all the money's going to Marta. And so in right. out of revenge, out of revenge, Ransom goes and finds Marta's medical bag and he switches the switches labels so the that medicines. she will overdose him. And he also takes the um, the the drug that would stop the overdose. So she has no backdoor. She has no way out of this. But then you find out at the end that um, she had. So he switched the labels so that she would give him the regular painkiller like normal, but it would morphine, be 100 yeah. milligrams of morphine. Right. And she would, the, the whole process would go on as normal. But she had switched the bottles in her hand and given him 100 milligrams of what uh, she thought, looking at the label on the bottle, was morphine. So, like, he switched the labels so that she would mess up but not notice, but she did notice. She picked up the correct bottle even if the label was wrong and gave him the correct dosage of the drug despite what the label said and it's like, you recognized based on, like, the feel of the bottle in your hand with the slight variations in, like, how the liquid drug inside the bottle looked, how, you know, the viscosity of it. You recognized mm-hmm. mentally beyond it's looking just, like, at the label. conscious thing of just, Yes, like, this is the drug he's supposed to get this much of. So Harlan was never uh, overdosed. 
he when he slit right. his own throat, he entirely killed himself. It is at the end of the day legally ruled as suicide. So like Marta, you never did anything. You gave him the correct dosage. You were just mistaken thinking he was about to die in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um So we don't learn that yet, but yeah. Uh yeah. Chris Evans in the back of his mind is just like, well, shit, now I got some more issues Mm. to deal with. And that leads into like the whole like second half of the the film Mm -hmm. where Marta and Chris are kind of adventuring around town to set things up to make it right of like, oh, well, uh, someone sent us a ransom note with the like... The, DNA, the, the like drug the blood t- toxicology t- report right yeah uh so we we need to like somehow steal that report so no one else finds it but then the building lights on fire what do you know yeah um so that helps them but it also starts to be more suspicious and benoit blanc is on the c- 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 case and he spots them at the scene and starts ch- 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 chasing them and stuff like that um Meanwhile, they're also meeting up with uh, the p- p- person that sent the note that says, hey, like, we know that you did yeah. this thing, um, uh, which, again, what was her, her name? The woman? Fran, 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 the housekeeper. Yeah, who we find out later figured out what Ransom was up to. And so she's blackmailing Ransom. But then Ransom just, like, edits the note and slips it into Marta's mailbox. So Marta thinks Fran is blackmailing her. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so, it, like, it's, like, we start to get twist after t- twist of just, like, hey, actually, it's this. Well, actually, it's this thing. And, well, actually, it's also this thing, you know. Um, and <laughs> meanwhile, we get this uh, scene where Marta goes in to confront who ever is blackmailing them and finds Fran they are all drugged up and basically dying um and Marta decides to save her um yes. and she calls 911 to get the 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 the, the, the I, I guess in 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 ambulance there not the cops mm. uh but meanwhile that whole time uh, yeah. They are on their way to to the police station for her to make a statement and you, you, mm. you know do some stuff with that. But in her passenger seat is Benoit Blanc, and <laughs> he's waiting for her to go do this thing. She's like, "I have an errand to run. Can we make a quick stop, like before we yeah. go there?" Like, and he's he just like, "All right, sure, whatever." Yeah, so he's, yeah. Go, he's, get your dry cleaning. <laughs> he's waiting in the car with his iPod in, and he's just singing away like la 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 la. You know, very and, charming. Well, the the ambulance. <laughs> comes in behind him and he's just like what is going on? oh shit (laughs) (laughs) right i think they do a great job of making benoit blanc so fallible without pushing him over the line into being a buffoon yeah like that's the thing like you think as this like the last of the gentleman detectives right right like he's, he's gonna be charming and dashing and real smart and he is smart he he can be dashing, but he's also just a buffoon. Like <laughs> he's like he has this other side of him that's just like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, 
<laughs> Susan all his donut metaphors. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think I think the real anchor of this movie is Lakeith Stanfield as the most normal person. Because Bart is pretty normal, right. but she does have that like extra human, I literally cannot lie or else it causes me physical distress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lakeith seems like straight down the middle, just a dude, just a fellow, just wandering like, around in his shiny I'm little shoes. Here con- conducting the interviews. Can 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 we get back to the <laughs> just exasperated, <laughs> just trying to get his job done? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um but yeah, yeah, and that I thought was also one of the funnier m- m- moments. Just the, the oh shit moment, <laughs> where he's like, "Something's happening, and I'm not there." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, where are we? Um, he's they're finally figuring out, like he's starting to put things together. Benoit uh, is, and he mm. like he's he's starting to be like, okay, it's not just Marta. Something else isn't adding up, and he's like he's starting to piece things together. And I yeah. think he finally pieces it together when, uh, when he interviews Nana, and he's like, "You yes. saw something that night, didn't you?" Yeah, because like nobody has been talking to Nana. <laughs> yeah, Nana just sits in a corner and looks around. Yeah, Joe and her best baby Yoda just. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, he finally talks to her and it's just like, this is when you see him put on the, the, the charm, right? And he is the charming detective. He's like, I know you saw something. I'm gonna charm you and sit here with you. We can just sit here until you say Mm -hmm. something. Cause I know you, you know something. And we don't see her say something. The scene changes, but. Yeah, he like she eventually spills it, uh, and it, it's it's enough for for him to kind of put things together of like someone else switched the drugs before Martha or before Martha did. I think I know who it is now. Yeah, and then then we get kind of the big reveal scene um which as as much as he's figured it out like he mm-hmm. isn't really the one that nailed the c- culprit like at the end of the day it it is marta who kind of saves the day and tries her damnedest to, to lie for as long as she can uh because mm-hmm. she ended up saving fran's life um yeah or, or, or trying to, uh, I, I, I think is what happened, right? Because yeah, she, she's the one that gets the phone call as the one that c- c- called nine one one, and it is a mm. nurse to be like, hey, can can you up- update me on the situation? Yeah, yeah. And she gets the update in the middle of this interview where it's like, we know it was you, ransom, haha, uh, but we can't also really do much about it, but we know it was you, uh, and. And she gets this this update, and then decide just like no one t- t- tells her to, but she decides to lie and be like, "Uh, she's fine." Mm-hmm. Like I, like like all there is is maybe attemptive murder, and even at that, like he has really good l- 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 lawyers because he's 
rich, right? Uh, but she lies, and it, yeah, is 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 like yeah, she's you know she's dead, uh, or or, or no, she she's alive, and then that's when he confesses to all of this stuff, and she is just like. Rose up on 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 yeah. on him there, and she's like, she actually didn't make it. So <laughs> I lied, Rest in peace, friend. Oh, you just confessed to the murders and all of that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and that's that. That's when uh, he tr- tries to grab a knife. They 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 have this whole like oh, yes! game of the Thrones knife wheel style the knife wheel. Yeah, it's they just. Don't... I, a prop i like i don't know why right. they even have this in there it's just uh, like I, oh you're a mystery writer you're just gonna have a wall of knives that's what so i remember this from the trailers and i think from the poster it is just mm-hmm. like this huge circle like it's a donut feet high it is a donut it is a donut there's yeah. a hole in the middle of made out of wire <laughs> with all of these knives you know uh wired onto it <clears throat> And I thought this was going to be something that they talked about in the movie. Like, you know, Grandpa always had this weird art piece. Like, it was going to be introduced as, like, a Chekhov's gun. Like, you know, is the murder weapon one of these 200 knives? How will we ever fingerprint dust? 200 knives. But but throughout the movie, you see it in the background. Nobody talks about it. The camera's not pointed at knife donut you no just see knife it. donut the and only... it's just left up to you to imagine that's probably a prop for like Harlan Thrombey's back of the book jacket about the author photo. Like probably, that's a prop yeah. from like a magazine profile photo shoot. Here he is in front of the circle of knives. Yeah. But it does not come into play. You think it is just set dressing until the final scene where Chris grabs a knife off of it, stabs Marta in this very dramatic scene, and then he pulls it away and it's like a fake prop, prop knife, knife yeah. where the blade retracts. Yeah. So they they do kind of make it a Chekhov's gun. They do, yeah, because you keep seeing it. It's well, just never the uh, subject of any uh, cinematographical or a dialogue focus. It's not a dialogue focus, but it is mentioned. It's hinted at. Mm. Um, there, there is a the scene when Marta is yes. giving them the drugs uh, at at the beginning of the film. He has this like knife there, and he mentions something about like, oh, they can't tell the difference between a real knife and a prop knife and i I don't yeah yeah. i don't remember if he's mentioning someone specific and if he is talking about ransom in that moment or if he's just kind of generalizing like my family or someone else or something yeah but yeah he does give this big hint of like he a prop knife blah 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 right you know but what's great about that is that he gives that speech to marta in his study with this little, like, almost like a decorative letter opener, maybe, that is very sharp that he's got on his desk, which is completely separate from the knife donut, which is down in, like, the sitting room. Like, it's like you've got two halves of a Chekhov's gun, and then later it's pulled together. Like, these two things were destined, that metaphor and this little background visual were destined to come together later. We're going to put these things together when they weren't together before. Yeah, um, yeah, and so, and so and so 
that is, I guess, yet another charge of attempted murder uh, to yeah. to his his rap sheet there. Uh, but yeah, they finally arrest him and take him away, and take him away. Uh, and that's kind of the end of the film. And we get that scene where she's up on the balcony with her cup that says, "It's you know, it's my house, my coffee, my rules." Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole family is just like, "What's gonna happen next?" <laughs> you, yeah, you know? our future's uh, in your hands. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so I the I, I think the last thing that I kind of want to say about this film is that whole donut thing. As ridiculous uh-huh. as it is, yeah, there is that knife wall wheel donut thing. Yeah. But then when you think about it, yeah, it really is this like donut shaped thing where Marta is the donut inside the donut. Right? Like yes. she is there, but the donut around her is the family all pointing at her with their knives being like give us all our money like we want Mm. our inheritance yeah and even characters who are more sympathetic to her like meg we see a scene where meg like after the will is read where meg calls marta and is like hey i'm sorry we all totally blew up at you you know the money is your own to do whatever you want with it promise no one is grandpa was the yeah but like grandpa was the one paying for my entire college my mom is broke like if i don't have this money i have to drop out of school like making her plea and then marta's like kind of sensing something's going on and says don't worry meg i'll take care of you and then meg just hangs up in that second then we see her side of the conversation and it's all the adults like staring at her like (laughs) making her like you're the one she likes the most you call marta you try and get on her good side so like there are a lot of knives pointed at her but some of them are through proxy yeah yeah indeed um but yeah, it's 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 good. I I thought the cinematography was fantastic. Yeah. It's exactly what, like it's not it's not necessarily doing anything different from what I would expect in mm-hmm. in a like murder mystery kind of thing there. But it still yeah. it looks great. Um, it 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 does I think at times kind of have that like heightened sense mm. of of uh like those oh shit moments that we we, we see in in, mm-hmm. in the film they they i feel like they kind of mimic that in the way they shoot this um mm. this movie but yeah good. Good, good, good 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 stuff all around i had fun yeah watching it it is fun yeah and i i do love it technically like i want an entire coffee table book of just every knickknack in that mansion like there's oh, yeah. so much craft put into like every like the design of the mansion and then like every wardrobe piece like i think the like the way people's hair looks oh like it's packed with a lot of they didn't write a Ryan Johnson didn't write one very, very good script and then just sort of waved his hands at everything else. Like yeah. everything in the movie got that same level of detail applied to it. It's almost like, you know how when we watched Hannibal season one and we were like, this yeah. show is so lush. There's detail yes. everywhere. It's packed with all, it, it's like that, but instead yes. of being classy, like like mm-hmm. Hannibal was, was it was more antique and kitschy 
almost uh, i don't know if that's the right word yes like no it's, that's perfect yeah it's, it is it's the kitschy counterpart to hannibal yeah yeah because uh, not all of these things <laughs> in the apartment and, and in the mansion are like fine art pieces they are just like weird little folk art statues right i think there's something it's like a pig but then the pig has like a lion's mane around it made out of like i don't know yeah like just weird weird little statuettes all over the place yeah yeah so good stuff i like the film do you have last Mm -hmm. final thoughts that you want to say uh i love the end credits i love the little illustrations for the end credits Big fan of whenever the credits have that person's face next to them. And the little uh-huh. illustrations, I think, were a nod to Clue. The end credits of Clue. Yeah. Which I think are Indeed. one of the finest sets of end credits I've seen in film. And I was happy to see this uh, homage to yeah. it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I I enjoy this a lot. Would definitely recommend it. Uh, a lot, lot of fun. But I, I think it's it's also... Like, like it's not, it's not a film that I would be like, oh man, this is great. You have to see it right now. Best mystery film ever. Like it's, I don't like. It's not a bad film by any means at all. Mm-hmm. But I I think it sits in this place that is just like this was good. This was entertaining. Yeah. I had a blast. But yeah, it's also it just can... not like groundbreaking of just like oh man yeah like, you need like right now go the twit oh my god you know like it's it's mm. not that level of, of stuff but it's, it's yeah it's just, it just like, this was solid <laughs> it consistently hits you with oh moments over and over again yeah but you that doesn't all pile up into a a scream <laughs> right yeah indeed. yeah indeed indeed uh recommendations yeah. Melissa, what would As, you recommend uh, to p- p- people who watched this and enjoyed it? What else might they like? Uh, as I keep mentioning, Clue. Clue, <laughs> I love indeed. Clue. Clue's a movie I keep wanting to get you to watch. And, like, I thought about saving it for Halloween this year, but it wasn't spooky enough, it. so I bumped it off. You have seen Clue? Yeah. I, I've okay. seen Clue. That, that's a great one. Okay. That's the one with the one with multiple endings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought I remember we talked about Clue in our Ready or Not episode, and I thought you hadn't seen it. I might not had have seen it at the time. Okay, maybe. I well, no, I didn't watch it this year, and that's. I think we started this year with Ready or Not. Yeah, that was in like January or February. What a movie to start the year with called Ready or Not, and it's 2020. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, I recommend Clue. Another like star-studded cast. I think Clue is the movie that sets me up to think every other uh, murderous mansion movie is going to spend the entire time in the mansion mansion. just circling around a handful of character actors that's the expectation i have every time whereas in ready or not i was a little uh disappointed that it veered so far off of that but with this with knives out i love just how structurally odd and unexpected this movie is and i also want to recommend logan lucky the other ah, okay. Daniel yeah. Craig does a Southern accent movie. <laughs> yeah. Which we didn't even talk about his KFC accent in this film. It is 
It is outstanding. It's such a wild, bold, beautiful choice. Very well executed. It is a southern accent in Logan <laughs> Lucky, too. I think that movie's set in like West Virginia. And it's a completely different type of southern accent. So it's really delightful to hear this British actor develop very strongly two completely separate American yeah. dialects. I'm very proud of him. Indeed. Yeah, Logan Lucky. Oh, that it's one's a, a, a heist film, right? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. directed by, I think, Steven Soderbergh, who's the director of the Ocean's Eleven franchise. And it is about these brothers who team up to rob the bank of cash for the concession stands at like an Indy 500 race. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's very, I think the movie was billed as like a hillbilly heist movie. It's like baked <laughs> in that sort of a subculture, but it's, Really well put together, like very tightly plotted. Uh, Daniel Craig's like somebody they know who's like put in jail from their last little criminal escapade and they have to find a way to break him out of jail to help them with this and then break him back in so that nobody suspects a thing. Yeah. So there's the heist and then there's also the jailbreak in and out that they're dealing with simultaneously. Okay. There's a lot going on in this film. Lots of great performances. Speaking of The Last Jedi, Adam Driver is in this. He's delightful Indeed. to watch. You just get to see all these people do fun Southern accents. Uh, it's great. It's funny. And I was really impressed by how like tight and twisty the plot was. So definitely Good. check out Logan Lucky. Okay. Uh, I would actually recommend Murder on the Orient Express, mm -hmm. which we covered back in August 13th. Uh, for episode 118, um, that's a another mystery novel, uh, all set on a train. It's based off a an, an Agatha Christie novel, which again has a huge influence on uh, yeah. Knives Out. So I would absolutely recommend that. And it, it you know it still follows that same structure where they're doing the interviews, all of that stuff. They're figuring things out. Uh, and then at the end, they have the, the scene where everything is revealed and, you know, they're like, we blame you. Ha ha. Mm hmm. Uh, mm hmm. So, yeah, classic mystery novel structure uh, with that. And then I would also go say go back and watch Brick, which is yes. one of Ryan J J J Johnson's uh, uh, other films. I think that was that his first like debut film it might have been yeah I don't yeah off the t t top of my head but that is also a crime noir uh film i don't think i don't remember if it's a murder mystery or not it's been a uh, while I think since i've seen somebody, it somebody i think somebody does get killed yeah i haven't seen this since like 2009 one of my college professors showed it to us it was you know in that like college orientation class you take yeah it's no real content it's just hey welcome to college it's i kind got of into an english class but it's not really yeah 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 i got into the honors variant of that class oh well which excuse was just me. our professor <laughs> uh the philosophy professor just getting really deep into what does college mean? What does education mean? But then also she had a day where she's like, I just want to show you guys a movie I really like. Here's Brick. 
There you go. Good so stuff. I haven't seen Brick since then. My memories of it are fuzzy, but I remember I had a really fun time. It is a great film. I've been wanting to rewatch. It's, it's a really, really good film. It's interesting because it goes at a breakneck speed. Uh, it's a lot like Primer, which I guess I could also ah, recommend yeah. in that yeah. sense to, to this film. But both Primer and Brick just go nonstop, like 110 mm. miles an hour. Uh, and it's it, though Brick is a crime noir, they all, it's all set in a high school. Uh, it's starring yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who plays, I think, a senior uh, in in that. He's yeah. super young in, in that film. But yeah, they they do this like super t- t- tight, fast-paced movie, and then they mix in all of this like just real thick crime noir dialogue in it and it just it's 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 a delight to just watch the 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 whole thing um so i I think that compared to where he's at with knives out i think yeah knives out is maybe a better movie Mm -hmm. but it's like they're they're it's much slower paced but it's not a slow movie right so yeah, it 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 it'd be an interesting double feature to to watch that mm. and see how how far yeah. he's he's come in writing and directing. So mm. there you go. That's what I would recommend. Good choice, indeed. Melissa, it is your turn to do the pitches this week. What have you it got is. for me? So I looked at the calendar. And this is my second to last set of pitches for the year. The schedule works out mm. that I get the last episode of the year because we would be recording that on December 13th, wouldn't we? Uh, that or the 22nd. I'm not sure. We'll we'll have to talk off air and see what we want to do. Okay. Yeah, I, oh, not the... I think we have t- t- tentatively, tentatively planned our end of the year retrospective for the weekend of the 21st or, or no sorry uh yeah the, you're looking at november yeah i'm looking at november here um yeah the weekend of the 19th and 20th is when we have our end of the year retrospective tentatively planned we haven't really decided yet if we want the 13th to be the yeah. last thing for the review show or the 20th I, I like to give us two weeks off at the end of the year, so I guess it just depends mm. on when you want to record that first one when we come back in January, because that first yeah. weekend is the weekend of the second and the third, mm. so that might be a little too soon. Uh, what knows? am I doing? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, I don't have things thing, to do. But... Yeah. But anyways, either way, this is my uh, second last set of pitches for the year. My final set's going to be holiday movies, of course. So uh, this is just a clearing house of things I've been meaning to watch all year. Okay. (laughs) No theme. Yeah. Uh, Season one is um, something I have been wanting to pitch for a while. Uh, It's a British TV series. And I think every time I think about pitching it, it's like, oh, we just did Sherlock. We just did paddington we just did something british so i kept like shelving it because the timing wasn't right and i finally remembered to come back around to it at the end of the year uh i would like to pitch season one of killing eve okay 
I gotcha. Which is a very highly regarded show. And I've been extra interested to check it out because it is created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who has co-written the script for No Time to Die. There you go. What else is yeah, she, starring? She, hey, Dan, where do I know that name from? Is, is she Fleabag? I have no idea. Let me see here. There's also Phoebe a singer named Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers who I keep mixing her up with, and I think I've finally now gotten them straight. Bridge. What do I know her from? But yeah. Uh, Killing keep Eve. See, season one is eight episodes. You can find this on Hulu. Eve's life as a spy is not adding up to what she had hoped it would be when she started. She's a very bored, very smart MI5 security officer who's very desk-bound. Villanelle is a very talented killer, mercurial in mood, who clings to the luxuries of her job. Eve and Villanelle go head-to-head in a fierce game of cat and mouse, each woman equally obsessed with the other as Eve is tasked with hunting down the psychopathic assassin. This blurb I pulled also includes a quote from the BBC president who says... Killing Eve stands out in a sea of scripted stories as a refreshingly entertaining and great fun, Uh, which is what I've heard about the show, that it is classified as a drama, that it is very tightly packed, very tightly plotted. But I've heard that it's a fun watch. Yeah. Especially like the, the relationship between this investigator and this criminal, the way they play back and forth with each other. I believe kind of flirtatiously would like to see it play out for myself. Okay. S- sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard nothing but good things uh, mm-hmm. with, with, with that. I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've just heard rave, rave reviews for killing Eve. So yeah. Uh, pitch Phoebe number Waller bridge. Uh, I, I will just mention real fast. She played L337 in solo, oh, a yes! star Wars story. Uh, yes. and then I've I she played a character in Broadchurch, which is a British uh detective show uh yes. starring David Tennant and uh Jody, I don't remember her name. She's the new oh, Doctor Jody Who. Whitaker. Right, yeah. Uh her. But yeah, she also is in Fleet Bag and Killing Eve mm-hmm. and apparently in she is the voice of Saiyan Kotor in his dark materials. Hmm. Is that one of the polar bears? I don't know what's in that show. uh, As far as I know, it's all polar bears. I don't know anything about his dark materials. I know it's based off some books that goes by a different name, I think, or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Pitch number two. This is the movie Unbreakable. Ah. The M. Night... Yeah. The M. Night Shyamalan film from the year 2000. This I I saw when I was like maybe 13. I really liked it. I think the movie, uh, while not often spoke about, is pretty well regarded. And I've really been Mm -hmm. wanting to watch it again. Uh, The plot for this is that a security guard, having been the sole survivor of a high fatality train crash, finds himself at the center of a mysterious theory that explains his consistent physical good fortune. When news of his survival is made public, a man whose own body is excessively weak tracks him down in an attempt to explain his unique, unbreakable nature. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to watch this again, and I think uh, since there are comic book themes to this movie, it would be a nice cap-off to a year where we're, we're in the middle of talking about Irredeemable, and we've covered a lot of other superhero 
homage and pastiche media. Yeah. This is a very dramatic take on that. Interesting. Okay. This would also be our third date with Bruce Willis this year. <laughs> third date with Bruce Willis. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pitch number three. I think I've pitched this to you before. This is the Stanley Kubrick film Eyes Wide Shut from 1999, uh, starring Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman while they were married, I think. I don't remember. I was nine. Uh, this movie is set in the wintertime. I think it's like set parallel to Christmas, like nothing Christmassy happens. There's just Christmas stuff in the background when I they go walking it's around. Cold. I I I, yeah. I have a scene in my head where it's, it's cold, cold outside, right? So I thought this might be an appropriate pitch for this time of year as we slowly get gear up for the Christmas season. Okay. Uh, after Dr. Bill Hartford's wife, Alice, admits to having sexual fantasies about a man she met, Bill becomes obsessed with having a sexual encounter. He discovers an underground sexual group and attends one of their meetings and quickly discovers he is in over his head. I've yeah. always been curious about this movie. I remember hearing just the disaster tales of just how long it took to shoot, how arduous the shoot was. There were takes over and over again. The movie spent so much time in like production void being edited and re-edited. It was released after Stanley Kubrick's death, I think. I remember all the meta narrative around this movie, even from being like nine years old. And I've always wanted to check it out. And like that sex cult scene towards the end of the movie. I think it's, see, I don't even know yeah. when in the movie it is. Right. Like that's something all of us recognize. I know exactly what it is. I always know when something is paying homage to Eyes Wide Shut. I've never seen Eyes Wide Shut. And I figured maybe this year is the right. year I'll do it. Like the Venture Brothers <laughs> Exactly. Where, yeah. I was originally considering like a set of pitches that were movies we've seen other stuff this year uh, homage, hey, homage to. So it was going to be this. That's a it was going to be Fight one. Club for Mr. Robot. It was going to be uh, Music Man for the monorail episode of The Simpsons. Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> Instead, I went with this little grab bag clearing house. So we could watch season one of Killing Eve, Unbreakable, or Eyes Wide Shut. So I can cross something off my list this year. Oh, man. Um, I'm probably going to have a fairly busy week this week. So I'm okay. going to nix Killing Eve. Okay. However, right now I'm tied between Unbreakable and Eyes Wide Shut. If we do Unbreakable, I would want to add the other two films. Okay. I, I, but I, I don't know. Because so Unbreakable, uh, when he originally made this. Yes. Uh, was just a standalone film. Um, mm -hmm. And it looked like there was going to be a sequel. And then yes. it just never came because that's when M. Night Shyamalan hit big. And that's when he started to make The Sixth Sense and Signs and all that stuff. And he became, the, you know, the guy that made movies with a twist. And then it just went downhill yeah. from, from there. And it seems like a lot of these studios were, were like, they had a lot of influence on his films to be like, actually, we want them to be like this. And he was just like, oh, yeah, screw yeah. this, you know. Um, mm hmm and then he ends up making a movie called Split, starring yes. James McAvoy. 
And apparently, at the end of that film, there is a surprise k- 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 cameo uh, by Bruce Willis's character <laughs> from Unbreakable. And so everyone's like, oh shit, they're in the same universe. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Uh, and then he ends up making uh, a third movie called called Glass, which is the like end of that trilogy and stuff like that. I've 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 heard mixed reviews on all of that stuff, but I've only ever seen Unbreakable. Yeah, same here. Oh man, this is tough because we I don't think we've done a Stanley Kubrick film. On the review show. Yeah, at least we haven't together. Yeah, because yeah, because he he's he's also a re- he's a really good director that I haven't fully explored yet, and I'm mm. I'm really interested in his films. I've seen 2001. I've seen most of Eyes Wide Shut. I haven't seen it in its entirety. Mm. I've seen bits and pieces of uh, The Shining. And yeah. stuff and stuff like that. Uh, I like I've seen a lot of his work in bits and pieces, and I like it all. I've seen a Clockwork. I've seen a Clockwork Orange. That one was good. Gee, that was a weird one. But yeah, I don't know. Ah, this is tough. Okay. I I do appreciate your your idea to upgrade Unbreakable to be the entire Unbreakable trilogy. I am is, down for that, that if that's what you want to do. Okay. Um, you know, I might just have to go with that just for the novelty <laughs> of it. Like I've seen that, like it it is like a superhero movie trilogy that yeah not many people really talk about and i know that first film especially uh was held in high regard i remember liking it a lot being like this is really cool um and then just i never saw the rest of them once i knew Mm. oh man they're set in the same universe yeah okay let's investigate um (laughs) um so yeah, I, I yeah let let's let's go with the Unbreakable trilogy. Okay, which I I guess is according to the Wikipedia officially known as the Eastrail One One Seven trilogy, which is a terrible it's name. It's named after the train. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's it should be c- c- called the Unbreakable trilogy. Um, mm. but yeah. So yeah, the. First one is like a indie superhero film. The second one is more of a horror film, like a psychological yes. horror film. And then the third one, I guess, gets back to the superhero like team up film. Yes, yeah. The third one seems like well, the first movie is like it was his second movie. This was his follow up to the Sixth Sense, and I think like the superhero element of it was hidden. Like that wasn't like in the marketing or anything. You're sitting right, there yeah. in the movie. You're like, wow. Mi- the mystery is, how did this guy survive this accident? Accident. Right. <laughs> and the answer superhero. is, oh, he's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a great answer <laughs> to that question when yeah. you're not expecting it. Yeah. So let let's let's do it. Let's watch the Unbreakable okay. trilogy. I uh, I didn't double check. I think these are all on HBO Max. I think that's where okay. these movies live. Cool. 
uh yeah i i don't have hbo max but i will figure it out we will do it yeah they may be elsewhere that's where i think i've seen them i can rent them or something if need be but yeah yeah, good stuff i'm excited yeah this will be fun i think this will be especially fun to talk about uh okay while we're covering irredeemable yeah in in indeed which i think after we cover this is then yeah my... yep after the irredeemable or not the irredeemable but after we do the unbreakable trilogy then we will do our final thing on uh irredeemable the week after that so mm. cool good stuff yep good stuff uh yeah that is what we will do for this next week the unbreakable trilogy uh melissa where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where my brother Jams and I just talk about weird old kids shows. Some we remember and some we are just making ourselves watch for the first time now as adults. There you go. Good stuff. And you guys just put one out on Hamtaro, right? Yeah. Not super obscure, but yeah, an old favorite we wanted to talk about. Sure, sure, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with our shows, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe. Go follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash The Whatnots. Uh, right now we are at 41 followers. We're hoping to make it to 50. Um so if you guys could follow us on Twitch, that would be amazing. Uh, we live stream every Friday night at 9 p.m., uh, which is when we do the captain's log. So if you uh, want to see me and Melissa hang out and yep. talk about all sorts of sh- shenanigans, uh, yeah, you guys could should come say hi in our live stream chat on twitch.tv slash the whatnots. Um, yeah, I think that is about it for now. Uh, this has been episode 132 of the Ooh. Whatnots Review Show. Uh, we are inching cl- closer to 150. That's going to be amazing if we can make it all the, the way Pokemon there. The Pokemon number. Right, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Did 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 you see that video of the guy doing the the, tr- the Trump impression? impersonation but he's talking all about pokemon and he's like back in my like there was only 150 pokemon i don't know why there has to be more than that i i it's great i'll send you the the link it is genuinely hilarious good stuff but yeah we will end with that we will see you all next week with the unbreakable trilogy until then bye Bye.